Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to Paradox. I'm Josh. I'm Jimmy. And we are so excited to have Gretchen Saffles. I didn't even ask you before we got rolling. Saffles. That was one of my two guesses when I guessed wrong. (laughs) Saffles like waffles. You know, I would actually stop and re-record, but the waffles comment. That's too good. We got to keep it in. Uh, So waffles, saffles. Saffles like waffles. That's how we say it because it's really hard for people to spell. But we we get saffless, all of those things. So it's a really memorable name. (laughs) I love it. Saffles. Saffles. Lord, what is it again? Saffles. Saffles. Okay, perfect. Uh, she is a blogger, author, speaker. Um, she has one book out, and I believe it released in 14. It's a God-sized love story. Uh, Gretchen, can you tell us about your book? Yes, absolutely. So a God-sized love story is a dream that I had starting whenever I was younger. Um, it's really written towards single women who are waiting for their future husband, who have that longing and um and really don't know what to do with it. So in it, I share my own story of what it looked like to wait for my future husband and to seek the Lord during that season of life. Um, When I was younger, the Lord had put on my heart to, um, to wait and not to simply date around, not to go and put things in my own hands, but simply to follow him and just to be faithful to him. And so um, in that book, I share the greater love story that we are living um, between Christ and the church and how that relates to us as single women, as married women in seasons of waiting and in seasons where longings are fulfilled. And so the point of the whole book is really to point women to Christ, who is um, our ultimate love, our first love, the only one who truly can fulfill us um, and satisfy the longings of our hearts. Now, whether you're a, you know, a single not having been married yet, or even a single mom that maybe divorced or husband passed, why is that such a difficult thing to wait? You know, I think it's because there's a lot of fear. Um, we fear the worst. We fear being single forever. We fear um, not being noticed, not being loved. And it goes back to those core longings and desires that we were made to have, but it's so easy in our culture and in this life to look for that satisfaction in a companion, in a thing, in something that will um, bring us earthly security. But as we know, all of those things can fail. Even when we're married, um, our spouse is going to let us down. They're not going to meet every single expectation that we place on them. And so in that, we have to look to Christ to be the one that can fulfill us. We have to look to his word and And in doing that, we actually have more successful marriages. We actually um, find greater fulfillment in the waiting, in the singleness, and in all of those seasons of life. But I think there's a lot of pressure um, on us as well to to find that person, to 
um, kind of put things into our own hands or even for our life to fit in a certain timeline. And so when that looks thrown off or when um, something happens and you're single again or when you're older and you're still not married, um, we can get fearful because we don't fit into the mold of culture. And so I think that this is something that we need to really give women and men in the church a lot of freedom to take the pressure off and instead to encourage them just to follow the Lord, to seek Him fully, and to know that He is writing the love story and that He is um, He's greater than we could imagine. He knows the whole plan of what's going to happen. Very nice. Now, Gretchen, you guys live in uh, Knoxville, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, so me and my husband live in Knoxville. He works at a church plant here, and we have a 21-month-old little boy, and he is precious, and he is a handful, and um, we love him. So we've just entered this phase of being parents. Um, Even though he's almost two, I still feel very new at it, but um, we've learned a lot of things, and we hope to expand our family sometime in the future. And as it just mirrors to a horrific age. <laughs> it is. I feel like I already have a two-year-old. He's not there yet, but oh, these temper there. tantrums, and he's already, uh... you know, found his will. And I just can't really imagine it getting any more uh, I hate to say worse, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, no, worse. If we could bor- birth them at, like, four. Yes. Yeah, it gets worse at three. Then it maybe get just a little bit better kind of plateaus, and then they turn into teenagers. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm thinking we need to just go ahead and have another one before all of that so they're kind of in the same <laughs> exactly. same stage and we just get through it together. Exactly. Now, even though you and your husband did not go, we know, to the University of Tennessee, uh, we know that that is in Knoxville. And I don't know if, if all of you guys that live there understand, but every time y'all refer to that university as UT, that is a copyright infringement <laughs> on the University of Texas. You know what? Oh. I actually am going to agree with you. I'm originally from Texas. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I'm from El Paso, Texas originally. I didn't tell y'all that. And I've got family in Texas, Texas, Texas. so I'm, I'm 100% on your side. <laughs> Very nice. Now, so this- do, you, do you have any uh, opinions about Trump's wall? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You don't have to. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to. (laughs) Now, in 2013, okay. First off, that is when you began your ministry of life lived beautifully. So, tell me a little bit about who and where and what you were doing prior to then. How this germinated? God got your attention, and then how life lived beautifully came about. Absolutely. So before that, um, my husband and I worked at a church in Nashville, Tennessee, and I worked in the women's ministry there. And I actually had a degree in fashion merchandising in college. So I had um, this passion in my heart to meet women right where they are, um, not necessarily just in the local church, but to reach women across the globe. Um, I had absolutely no idea how this was going to happen, but um, I feel like whenever I look back, I can see God equipping Um, and enabling at each stage of life. So um, when we got married, we left that church to come to Knoxville and to work at a different church. And um, we had a blank slate to start off of. And my mom had actually been in ICU when we were on our honeymoon. And um, that's a different story, but that kind of gave me a whole reality check of what am I doing with my time? Am I really using it wisely? Um, Am I pursuing the things that God's put on my heart? So we were already dirt poor. So we figured, let's just you know, we don't have any responsibilities with children yet, so let's try this out when we don't have anything relying on us. 
so that's when um, God gave me the vision to start Life Live Beautifully as a ministry to encourage and inspire women to get into the Word of God. Um, I started right out of our little tiny apartment, just sharing what the Lord had put on my heart and um, just began to learn how to create and how to use different design programs that I use. And um, it took about it took about um, a year before God gave me um, a vision and a dream to create a quiet time journal that um, is kind of, that's kind of the focus of what we do is we want to create products that equip women to get into the word themselves. We want them, we don't want them to just be spoon fed. We want them to actually pick up their forks and their Bibles and get to know the Lord through the word. And so, um, so I started creating those. God led that through a series of events and Ever since I created that, the Lord has just grown the ministry in amazing ways that I could never have imagined. Um, we sell journals and Bible studies to women across the gr- across the globe and are able to connect with them daily through social media. So it's really, it's a blessing, um, but it's also something that I hold very, um, very lightly and just give it to the Lord every day because it's it's a great privilege to be able to do this. I tell you, you know, even though, you know, what you're doing is is primarily for women, um, is it possible for a guy to uh, have a life that's lived handsomely? Yes, absolutely. We actually um, started, we had dreamed up a men's line that was life oh. lived boldly. So not oh, yeah, bold. Jimbo. Take yes. that. Yes. And so I was, we, I was uh, hoping for ruggedly handsome. Yes. <laughs> We we went with boldly, but unfortunately, the website was taken, and the, oh. um, the man would not give us his website domain, so wow. we never went oh, with no. that. We really felt like that was the only name, but we did create oh. a um, men's quiet time journal with the help of our husbands that we have available. Well, you need to check Life Lived Handsomely. Yes. <laughs> that could be available. Like That's that. the worst, Jimbo. <laughs> Yes, very creative. <laughs> so uh, with uh, within your website, lifelivebeautifully.com, um, you have a, a section about a watered and a dried up woman. Can you kind of compare and contrast those two different types of women? Yes. Well, the idea for the well-watered woman came from my own um, experience of living so dried up each and every day. And um, I'm going to start off describing the dried up woman, because I think that this is something that, um, and I say woman, it can also be a man too, because these are just things that, that we all fall into this category where we find our identity in our accomplishments, um, maybe in our achievements, in our looks, our outer appearance, um, where we find our identity in our bank account, um, in wanting things and never being satisfied. We keep accumulating things on this earth and, um, and nothing seems to satisfy us. And a dried up woman is also a woman who fills up just on temporary things, um, maybe spending time doing fruitless things, just flipping through social media, um, not doing things to fill up her own cup and her own tank. Um, and in the long run, we end up dried up and not being able to pour out onto other people because we have it first sat with the Lord. Um, to find that filling and that refreshing. So um, that's what a dried up woman would look like. Somebody who's constantly drained, constantly filling her mind with things that aren't going to build her up, aren't going to spur her on or stir her affections for Christ. Um, but instead, a well-watered woman is a woman who is fed and watered by the things that last forever, which is the Word of God. 
Um, I love the idea of Jesus being the living water and the bread of life. I just think he gave us so many beautiful pictures that we can literally come to the well. Isaiah 55 says to come and to drink and to buy and to eat of all of the things that are going to satisfy us forever. And so the well-watered woman, she overflows with truth because she's constantly filling up on the word of God through worship, Bible study, through prayer. She's confident. She knows who she is, why she is here, and what she is called to do. Um, She's a woman with a mission because her eyes are set on eternity, and her heart is in love with Jesus Christ. And she's also a woman who cherishes moments as gifts, and um, she's wise with her time. She wants to be a woman who, um, who serves well in the name of Jesus. And so the whole purpose of the Well-Watered Woman and of that section of my website is to really meet women right where they are, but to show them where they could be in following Christ and, um, and where he longs for us to be living the abundant life that Jesus came to give us in John 10, 10. So in America, I mean, it might be different in maybe a third world country where there's like complete dependence on God for even your next meal. In America, I see it so difficult. You know, you our identities are so easily wrapped up in accomplishments, our bank account, accumulating things. Um, you know, how might this... Me- I mean, it is incredibly vital for Americans to hear, but why do you feel like it's so difficult for us to be well-watered as Americans? I think because we are constantly inundated with things that we need and with noise. Um, like you said, in another country... Things are so pared down. Um, Very, very simple. My friend was a missionary in India, and we went to visit her, and it was amazing how simple life looked. When we, even when we were there, we kind of envied it. We, it was just so simple. There were no distractions. You just did the things that were necessary for the day. Well, here we have so much technology, so many opportunities, so much pressure, and um, things that we feel like we have to do in this life that we end up running ourselves ragged, being busy and pursuing so many things and neglecting certain things like God has um, given us the gift of rest and of um, restoration, of fellowship with other believers, of um, being still before his presence and of being in his word. He's given us these gifts, but so often we push those to the side to do the things that people are going to see and to notice on the outward, um, outward appearance. And so I think it's a shift in our priorities that we have to have in seeing that um, the things that God really treasures and the things that really make a difference. And often those things are the complete opposite of what our world tells us to do. How can spouses assist um, in in their spouses being well watered? Okay, so I'm going to get really practical with something that me and my husband try to do and something that we even did this morning. So with children, it's a lot harder to get into the Word, Um, especially with the baby. I think just the stage that we're in, um, sometimes we don't know when he's going to wake up, and we can try to wake up really early, and he can be right there waiting for us to get up. And so one thing that we have done is try to give each other that space to get into the Word. So this morning, um, I actually woke up early and had the baby duty and gave my husband the opportunity to stay upstairs to get some rest and to spend time with the Lord. And so trying to create those opportunities that we can carve out for our spouses and encouraging them in that. Um, And he does the same thing for me as well. Sometimes he'll get up with him and and that way I can just kind of stay and have that time. Um, And then I think another thing is just encouraging each other with our words. 
Um, I think that we can forget the power of our words and the power of saying, hey, I'm praying for you today, or sending a scripture along that we believe would encourage our spouse. Um, Those things, they seem so small, but they can radically change the way that we view our day. And um, the other day, our our son had a double ear infection, and um, I was just exhausted um, with him. I was so tired, and my husband knew that that morning, and so he went out and got me coffee. And he even just wrote a note on the top that said, you're the best mom. And it just boosted me that day. It was exactly the words of life that I needed um, to continue to pour out and to take care of my son. So I think there's a lot of really little things that can make really big impacts in our spouse's lives that we can do. If you were going to be speaking to all of the um, young husbands uh, out there that would be listening, um, if you could say, hey, guys, uh, if your wives could tell you one thing that we need, uh, you know, one thing that we would like for you to know and understand, what would be that word to all those husbands? The first thing that comes to mind is notice us. Just notice the things that we're doing. Um, even the small things, just saying, hey, thank you for doing the dishes today. Um, because there's so many things that as wives and as moms that we do that we feel Um, like we're invisible sometimes, we feel unnoticed. Um, And even just that small act of my husband going and picking up a coffee, dropping it off, and then heading into work, I sipped on that coffee all morning. And I'll tell you, I felt so noticed, and I loved it so much. I still have that coffee cup sitting in my office, and that was a few days ago. And I can't bring myself to throw it away because that coffee cup showed me that I am so noticed by my husband and that he appreciates the small things that I do. So that would be my greatest piece of encouragement is notice your wife, even in the small little ways, it makes a really big difference in her day. I know that, that my wife, Beth, a lot of times would like for me to notice that she doesn't have enough jewelry mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. take care of that need in her life. Uh, Jimbo Gretchen's talking. Don't interrupt. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think those little things and the big things, all of them make a yeah. huge difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, before we let you go, I know you love to travel. So I wanted to ask you, what was, so far, what has the, been the most adventurous travel that you have done, and why would it top your list? Absolutely, India. Um, I think I've been to 13 different countries, and India tops the list. My husband and I went there by ourselves to visit a friend. And um, we had no agenda. We were there to share the gospel with people. But um, we did so many things that um, most people on a trip would absolutely not do, um, going into people's houses and riding trains and riding elephants and um, eating things that I still don't know what we ate. And so that was by far the most adventurous trip and probably one of my all-time favorites. Very, very nice. Josh, have you visited 13? (laughs) <laughs> uh, 13 restaurants around Austin? Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you count o- if you count Oklahoma, you might be close to 13. <laughs> I'm not. Sadly, I'm countries. not much of a traveler. Yeah. Oh, man. And that's actually we, a problem We want me. to travel the world. 
Yeah. <laughs> Guys, if you're familiar with Gretchen, you already love her. Um, if this is your first experience with her and this rang true for you, her message, lifelivedbeautifully.com. You can go check her out. Um, and, and specifically men, uh, she has wonderful truth um, for you regarding either your girlfriend or your wife or even your daughter. Um, and so definitely also check her out there at lifelivedbeautifully.com. You can also find her on Instagram and Facebook at lifelivedbeautifully as well. And you can find her book, A God-Sized Love Story, there on Amazon. Gretchen, thank you so, so thank much. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. What a sweetheart. She was fantastic. Yeah. She had done this before. You know, there's some guests that you're like, you know, this might be their first rodeo or second or third. It, she just, she didn't she skip a beat a, with your random traveling I questions. Know, I know. She's <laughs> she a pro. Was, yeah, she was fantastic. Um, a, a few things that stuck out uh, stuck out for me um, when she was talking about her book. Uh, she said specifically that if you can learn to be satisfied with Jesus, that it actually, if and when you do get married, will create a better marriage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even, um, you know, and maybe even tie in this this dried up woman idea, you know, you can even be uh, in a marriage. So her book is about singles, but in a marriage and be feel isolated mm -hmm. and dried up. Um, and so the importance of finding our worth and value in Christ, whether married or not married, was key. When I was listening to her talk, all I could think about was that we are a peculiar people, a chosen priesthood. You know, that young lady who just listened to God, jumped out there and started this whole thing out of scratch with no money. I mean, just uh, and now she's having this this kind of global impact. And, you know, they're sitting here going, you know, my husband and I are making time for each other to get in the word. That is so almost alien to even Christian homes and marriages today. Yep. Um, that she's just radically, you know, living out her life and her husband with, you know, church plants and small, just serving Christ uh, in their community. It's a, it's quite a testament and an inspiration to hear from her. She said, "We're inundated with noise, and that we must learn to shift priorities." That a well-watered person, woman or man, um, is is overflowing with truth through Bible study, prayer, and worship. Yeah, fantastic words. Good stuff. No matter who you are, and and may we be about that not only as adults but also teaching our kids to be about that as well. Mm -hmm. If you want more information about this episode, go to ParadoxPodcast.com. We are back with another great content as well as interview next week. We appreciate you joining us today. Have a great week. Take care. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescarr.com. If you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. If I'm pulled away from relationship, pathology breeds in isolation. Negative thoughts, negative behaviors, negative ways of doing life, they breed in isolation. And so cognitive distortions, if you trace back most negative things in your life, it's going to really begin with this idea of cognitive distortions.